Well, ladies and gentlemen, look who we have here. Amelia Tyler, the narrator from <laughs> Baldur's Gate 3, baby. How are we? Thank Hi, you for coming on. Are, thank thank you for having me. Um, yeah, it's been it's been really cool. I've been watching uh your interviews with some of the other cast members, and it's been awesome to like get to know them more in depth. Um, because uh Neil Newbern, I've known for years and years and years. Um, so I already, I already kind of have a good grounding on him. Like, um, Dev, I've not met. Um, I'm really looking forward to Jennifer English as one because we've known each other sort of, um, on the peripheries of social circles, uh, for years. Uh, and we played mother and daughter in something. So we've done really? a scene together, like actually wow. in the booth together. Um, but we don't like know each other, know each other. So, yeah. uh, it's been really interesting getting to know her through interviews and being like, oh, we could actually be mother and daughter. We're very similar <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, oh. Yeah. So thank you for introducing me to some of my castmates that I've not met yet. My pleasure. Um, how has it all been for you? I mean, this is crazy because you, you must just be on cloud nine. <laughs> I can't imagine. I'm, I'm good to swear, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's been fucking mental, mate. I, so I, I don't think I quite processed what a big deal this would be until yeah. a week after it came out. I was like, oh, this is happening, huh? Like, I knew it was big and I knew that I had a significant role in it. But uh, the reaction to it, like when, when they first announced that there was going to be a female narrator and they you know, released that, the scene with the little brain puppy. Um, I was kind of expecting a bit backlash, you know, the internet to do what the internet yeah. does. Yeah. And the reaction has been so overwhelmingly positive. Like, I wasn't braced for that. I was braced for the other thing, the shit thing, you know? Yeah. 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 So to have all these people just being nice to me like nothing in my upbringing has programmed me to deal with that in any way whatsoever so i've just been sitting here just like giggling quietly into my hands not sure how to handle any of this um hence the outtakes i guess i that lets me go this is the real me by the way if 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 you're okay with that that's please don't think that this omnificent being I didn't see there's me cramming two words together that don't <laughs> exist into a whole brand new word. That's what my life is now. Um, yeah, I kind of I kind of like that I've got to show the real side of myself and people seem to like that, which is great. Um, Was that always the plan, doing those outtakes? No, no, God. No. Like, um, because I've been recording them all from home, I was the only actor who recorded away from the main um, pit stop recording area. Um, yeah. So I have a studio at home and I recorded all my narration from there. So I had oh. all the files on my PC and we got to, when was it, like 2021, like in January maybe? And I said to the people at Larry, and I was like, am I okay to like release these at some point? And they're like, yeah. That's so cool. Are you sure? <laughs> and and I, was, I was trying to be so proper about it and go through. Yeah. You know, oh, of course, I'll send them to you beforehand so you can give me the nod or you can tell me to change edits. And they're just like, no, we trust you. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, I'm a first child. Don't say that. That's, um, 
but it, yeah. but it's been it's been so lovely of them to let me do that not not just from a, a not everyone would let. point no yeah. oh god no like most places nah. wouldn't at all nah. um but that that just kind of feeds into everything we already know about larian right that they're like that and they get the sense of humor there's a reason that i love working with them because they're just they're special and I don't mean that in the kind of the pat on the head way that the narrator would say about certain players. Like, they're, they're <laughs> no, they're very actually special. Uh, very yeah. special. Yeah, mm, and I think so. they're really getting their flowers now, the team, after this game, uh, which is great to see. And did you expect the sort of the amount of viewership for those videos on TikTok no, and YouTube? No. And like the first one, I I put one of them out on my Twitter back in 2021, I think it was. And, uh, you know, a couple of hundred people were just like, oh, that's funny. Um, and then we came up towards release and I just thought, oh, I, sh I should put these out properly, you know, yeah. put them on my YouTube or something, put them on TikTok, see see what happens, because I've been given permission, so I might as well. I've got three and a half years worth of footage. I might as well do something with it. Yeah. Um, And I, I put it out in the most stupid way possible, like in the middle of the night after I finished no, an edit, no like, like bleary, yeah. covered in Red Bull, just like, ah, oh, that'll do. Um. <laughs> That's the best nothing. way. Yeah, and I, I've done no promotion apart from tweet going, there's a thing. Yeah. I, I don't know what has happened or how that's happened or what sacrifice I made to the almighty algorithm, but apparently the yeah. people like them. And it makes me really happy because that's the side of recording we don't really get to show people that. The flubs in between takes, you know, occasionally in movies, especially back when it was DVD or something, you get the outtakes or the, you know, the blooper reel. But this this is a whole different level of um, no. um and I never and see this sort so of content fun. for a game. No, 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 it's um, I mean, it's time consuming. Maybe that's why. <laughs> but I I really like editing them. Um, editing is my zen. I've got no formal training whatsoever, but I, I really enjoy putting that together and like all the um the captions and things that pop up and jiggle about and stuff. Um that's that's all me as well. That's me just like trying to zone out of my real life for a bit and just focus on something practical so my brain doesn't explode. Um how long does one take? Oh, I couldn't answer that question. You've got to sift through all this footage. Yeah. And... yeah. It... I mean, a long time. A long, long yeah. time. And I'm a picky bitch, so a long, <laughs> long time. There'll be, there'll be like one clip. It'll I'll have the whole thing rendered out and I'll listen to it the final time before uploading and I'll be like, that one's in the wrong place. Got to switch those two. Bollocks. Go back yeah. and do it all again. I just, I, I don't know if it's an ADHD thing or um, an anxiety thing or something, but that's how creativity has always been for me. I feel when it feels right and um, when it's ready to for me to wave goodbye and just send it out into the world. So have we got one editing now? We've got several editing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Of, I think at the moment in the reels, I'm up to midway through 2021. Oh, and we were recording oh. right up until the summer. So and, and there are four or five edits in progress on my timeline. So there'll, there'll be more. <laughs> a and lot they're, more they're, probably. They're so funny too. I think that's what people love. They're, 
I, I feel like you picked the funniest parts. Nobody wants to hear me like coughing or <laughs> like snorting. Well, you never but, know. But genuinely, never know. there is so much to pick from because uh, there. Were, I had a few different directors, um, but there were a, a couple in particular that we would just get in that rhythm of stupidity. Like Josh and Kirsty, we just went off on one. Uh, God, that'd be Josh fun. particularly. I just. I don't know what happens when we get in a room together. And the weird thing is, it doesn't affect the word count. Um, really? It doesn't slow us down at all. It just makes the creative process. This is going to sound so wanky. It makes no. the creative process so much more fluid. Why am I using that word? I don't know. But that's how it feels. Interesting. We get yeah. we get into that rhythm. And because we've got the silliness, we can hop because the, the narration, I don't know if you've seen in the playthroughs that you've been doing but there are some very distinct differences in narration depending on how you're choosing to play and who you're choosing to play as um well there's 16 versions right i heard you say yeah 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 16 different versions of the narration not not 16 different reads of the same of script, the same thing yeah but it's like if you're playing as a starian you will have a slightly different narration at certain points from if you're playing a shadow heart or if you're playing as dark urge or any of the characters so and do you tap I'm... into their personalities yes very much yeah. so very much so especially um towards the end uh when i when i started having to do carlax stuff um i i didn't know until that point until they played me a clip of her because i like to get into that rhythm so i'm not doing an impression i'm just getting into the rhythm of how they speak and how they think, and then their narrator echoes that just slightly. Um, but I didn't know until that point that it was Samantha Bayer. And she came up, and Sam and I have known each other for ages. And I was like, oh, my God, oh so great. wow. I got, I got very excited that day. Um, so narrating for Carlac versus narrating for Lazelle or Shadowheart, it, it varies wildly in tone. Yeah, especially the dark urge. I think you had fun with that. <laughs> I had so much fun with that one. I've had some. I've been going through like a little mischievous imp, just poking all my really nice friends and forcing them to do dark urge playthroughs yeah, so that they yeah. can see the sick, twisted bitch that lives in my head. Um, just like she yeah, is twisted. Let me do this sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I don't tend to play classic baddies. I tend I tend to get yeah. cast a lot in roles. Char charismatic where... characters, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Charismatic, but like people who on the surface you meet them for the first time, you go evil, stereotypically evil. And then the more you get to know them, the more you realize there's light and shade there and there's rationality and morality and uh, mm. so much more depth there. It's very rare that I get to play like out and out just this person is atrocious and I've done it twice this year and it's so much fun. So who, much fun. Who were you playing in? I saw a, a clip of you on on your YouTube, I think it was, of you doing a motion capture scene from years ago. Oh, what was yeah, that yeah. character? That seemed like a villain. That was actually from a training course that I did oh, where they just okay. give us a script and go record that to get, get something filmed. Right. And I'd never played anything like that character at that point. Um couldn't tell i'll tell you what i that was a heads up for me actually really? i recorded that scene and i was like this feels like home weird and i i think a lot of 
my career performance wise has been me slowly coming to terms with the fact that my casting bracket is powerful um powerful women people people who have like a little bit of they're outside the norm and they have a slightly outside view of human morality because when I, I was growing up I was like dark hair green eyes all the kids thought I was a witch <laughs> how did that work out kids um it turns out children very perceptive um <laughs> but I back in the 80s all female roles were like if you were the the heroine you had blonde hair and you were very nice and very feminine and delicate you were being saved a, is that yeah, what you mean you, yeah. you were being saved and you had a high voice and yeah it was everything i wasn't i didn't see a representation of me on the screen i was going to say who up. do you who did you look to as inspirations not many people honestly uh, i mean i re i remember seeing uh ripley in alien mm. um once I got a bit older, she's a badass. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's cool. Um, Lara Croft in Tomb Raider, when that came out, I was like, oh, finally, something, just something. Mm. Um, but the older I've got, the more I've kind of settled into this bracket and kind of made a little nest here. And now it's super comfy. And I've realized it's so much more interesting than trying to pretend to be somebody else, trying to that's just be safe. Yeah, and I'm getting cast in a lot of roles that are written for men, initially. Okay. Um, wow. Where they've suddenly gone, oh, it's got a bit heavy here. We should probably get some, like, there should be a woman <laughs> in a position of power in this, maybe. And so they've just gender flipped it, and they go, well, she's got a deep voice and she sounds commanding. She's good at battle shouts. We'll see, see what Millie does with it. <laughs> Um, yeah, right. So it's always really fun bringing character to roles like that, where it could just be like a straight down the line badass. But I like to give it a bit more personality than that, I guess. So, have you felt like you've hit your stride the last few years? You feel like this? You're at your peak, <laughs> or is there is there no, is, is this it, peak? You know, you're only uh, going to just get better and better over the years. I don't I mean in the job sense. I just the idea that that where my brain is right now is my peak is. <laughs> horrifying um oh, don't it's be uh yeah it's been a weird few years it's been a really weird few years what it feels like is a transition um between who i was before and a lot of the anxiety i held and trying to be what people wanted me to be and relaxing into what i am and seeing the value in that and and just kind of going, if you don't want to cast me, the gig's not for me. That's somebody else's exciting day. I don't see it as a reflection on me anymore. Um, How did you get to that point? Kids. Yeah, therapy. Ther was it therapy? Lots of therapy. Yeah. Because I know you were, <laughs> yeah. you were recently diagnosed with ADHD. I believe mm -hmm. you, you shared that, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in uh, 2020, right before everything went to shit. Um, yeah. Yeah, 2020 was quite the year. Um, and I went through a, a huge amount of stuff. Like I had a breast cancer scare, uh, diagnosed with ADHD just at, like, literally two days into titration for that. So they were starting me on medication for ADHD and my dad had a stroke. Um, oh, my dad no. has been my rock for my entire life. Um, so he had a stroke and then off the back of that, it turned out he had terminal cancer. So I moved in with him and 
nursed him at home until he died and was recording for Baldur's Gate during that because my recording studio was at his place. Sorry to hear um, that. Yeah, it was it was a rough year. Mm. Um, and I think this game kept me sane. It certainly kept me kept my head above water. I it paid for my ADHD diagnosis and it paid for my therapy and it meant that while I was going through the healing process that I needed to go through, I didn't have to worry too much because I knew I had work coming in. For an active, we don't really get that very often. The assurance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like we, we don't have pensions. We don't have a long-term plan. We just hope it doesn't all go to shit and try not to spend it all on shoes. I don't know. I, I, yeah. by, by the By the cheap mayonnaise. I don't know. Yeah. And so... And now you feel like you're on the other side of that. And I you feel, feel like I get to pick what I take from my old life now. Interesting. I get to go, okay, I, that person and that person and that person, I'm bringing you with me. If, you know, that a rising tide raises all vessels thing. Like if there are people that I love working with or role playing with, I don't care who they are or... Uh, what their public persona like what their reach is I don't care if you're a streamer with a, a billion followers or somebody who never streamed in their lives like if if we play tabletop together and I have a good time I want to carry on doing that yeah um if if you're an actor and we've worked together and I really enjoy that like if there's some way I can help you because I know how this industry is it's rough and it's hard to get your foot indoors um, I'm not really the kind of person who will ever give a compliment that I don't sincerely mean. I made a point of making that one of my personal rules years back and stops a lot of bullshit. Funny you say that, Neil. I remember Neil saying you you are down the middle. You don't yeah. there's no bullshitting with you. Yeah. yeah I love no, that as sure. well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of it. And and I think it contributes to a lot of the anxiety people feel in this industry because if somebody's blowing smoke up your ass uh, that's that's not real friendship to me like unquestioning mm. unwavering support uh, i don't think is massively helpful supporting somebody yes but just going everything you do is amazing and perfect don't change at all i don't think that's helpful like mm. just giving perspective but saying we don't have to agree like there are there are very few situations where I will put my foot down and go like, I don't want to talk to that person. I don't want anything to do with you. And it's usually if they've done something really horrific. Um, yeah. But I come from a psychology background. Um, so I will always see people and interact with people from that position because I was training to work with serial killers. So anybody else is kind of fine. Yeah, can you share that? Can you share that? Because you... Originally, your mum was a voice actor, right? And you mm -hmm. went in the booth. Can you share that story for us first? Oh God, my mum. My mum was a an actress for like stage and screen and whatever. Um, yeah. And then when she had me and my sister, she started doing voice work. And she got, God, I was five years old, so this was eighty six. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, she got a job. Uh, just doing some radio commercials. And it was back in the days when you had to actually go to the radio station to uh, <laughs> to do that. And she couldn't get a babysitter. So she took me with her. 
Uh, and Do you I, remember all this? Sorry to cut you off. Do you remember this clear as day, or is it still? No, it's a bit patchy. I, I don't. I don't really have any memories from my childhood. Um, yeah. There are reasons why I don't. Oh well, PTSD well, stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, she took me along to this session, and I'd been having uh, lessons with her drama teacher for a couple of years at that point because I had a lisp when I was a kid, uh, and it came out particularly when I was nervous, but it was really strong. And to this day, if I say the word lisp, I have to really focus on it to not say lisp. Um, <laughs> so when I'm taking the piss out of Catherick form, um, I'm really mocking myself. <laughs> it's fine. Um, uh. Yeah, so she, she'd sent me to a drama teacher to get rid of this lisp. And in doing so, the teacher was like, she's kind of good at this. Maybe she should carry on. So I'd just been, you know, as you do when you're five years old, it's nothing too heavy, but yeah. like learning how to speak aloud and read things in a way that makes sense for a script. And she took me to this radio station. And they were like, we've got a Christmas commercial that needs a little kid in it. Can she do that? Because like this is what casting was back then. So they put me in the booth and I did it. And that was it from then on. Yeah, I, ju I just never stopped. I hit a phase at about the age of 12 or 13. I forget how old I was exactly. But your voice kind of crosses over to... Yeah. Before that, they want you to be a cute little kid. And there's a lot of wiggle room for getting things wrong and just playing. And then they're like, no, we want you to advertise something. Do this properly. Mm. And I remember really distinctly going to the recording session for my first advert like that and just emotionally destroyed by how badly I did. Really? Yeah. Like to to the just in absolute floods of it because I didn't cope with failure very well. That was oh, not an option no. available to me growing up. That's so sad. Um, yeah. So I was just like, what have I done wrong? I don't understand. Oh. And... I got home and I, in traditional Millie fashion, was like, okay, I've got two options. I either run away from this scary thing or I sort this out. And every single day for the next four or five months after school, I would lock myself in my mum's recording studio and practice for at least an hour every single day. And then that was it from then on. I, I worked all the way through uni. I, and when I finished uni graduated with a psych degree and was like mm, this feels like a very dark path I'm treading I'm just gonna just gonna do something a little lighter for a year and see if that still makes sense to me afterwards and just never went back right so why did you go into psych versus continuing on with the <laughs> acting side um I wasn't really given a choice in a right. way, because mum was an actress and she was like, don't you dare, don't you dare be an actress. You go to university and get an ology. She went more right. in Littman on me. Um, so it was it was partly that. Like I would have loved to go to drama school, but that just wasn't an option. Even um, though you'd all, you'd been doing it for years as a kid. Yeah. yeah. Really? She, she wanted me to, I mean, part of it was her being a dick and part of it was just her being like trying to look after me long term because she knows she knew it's a tough how, business yeah 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 it's rough and it's it's hard to make money and there's no security and it it just destroys your self-esteem a lot of the time that is the advice i always give to anybody like if there's anything else you can do do that <laughs> and i think psych was my uh, uh my do that but in a weird way it's what's made me good 
in good what a shit word um but it's what's <laughs> made me the way i am now because i approach characters differently to other people it is a shit word sorry isn't it yeah I, <laughs> good and nice i can hear every english teacher i ever had at school just like oh what an insipid <laughs> word I, i'm an um, abuser of it too i, sh- I need yeah. it yeah so you said you were going to what was it about serial killers you were going to <laughs> I was training to be um, a forensic psychologist or psychiatrist. Oh, so you weren't joking? On... No, 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 no. That oh was, that was literally, I've got a BSc in experimental psychology. I was going to work with serial killers. That's really dumb. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I kind of, in training for that, and it's it's a kind of chicken or egg situation, right? Like, did I do I find that kind of thing fascinating and that's why I did the course, or do I find... I do the course and that's how I learn to do the things I do but I always approach characters in a way of like nobody thinks they're the villain everybody thinks they're the hero yeah so in order to play this character that is potentially villainous or does dreadful things I have to figure out what the logic is for them like how they think and and for me when I get in the booth it's uh it's not acting in the way that a lot of people see it, I think. I have to understand how the character thinks. And the second, it's kind of more like role-playing, I guess. The second I understand how they think, I can drop into that character and it's almost like they're doing the session with me watching from behind, just like, okay, do that word slightly differently, pick up the pace on that bit. Um, It's very freeing. It's like letting a different aspect of your personality out to play. Uh, and there are lots of parallels with therapy in that. It's really cool. Have you always approached it like that? Or is that something you've developed over the years? Yeah, I think I have. But I've never thought about it until recently because uh, mm-hmm. it came up in therapy. I was like, this is how I do it. And other people keep asking me, like, show, show me how you did this, this and this. And I, I'm like, I can't. And a lot of things started to click into place um, when I realized that aphantasia was a thing. Because um, I didn't realize that people could, act, when they say, I picture it in my head, that they can actually picture things. Because I've never been able to do that. Yeah. So when somebody describes a scene to me, if, they, if they're directing me, I'm not picturing that in my head. I'm feeling it. I translate what people tell me into feelings. So I can't really verbalize how I do the things I do because I'm I it's an emotion rather than a technical thing. It's very hard to explain. No, no, I I I get it. I'm wondering, has the so you think the psychology aspects have have seeped into your work in a good way? You would say. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, and I and I get cast as a lot of those kind of characters, like very morally complex. Yeah, where you're never quite sure, like like Malady and Divinity Original Sin too, or Nyrissa, Pathfinder Kingmaker, like like these very, you want to think they're one thing, but then this little spark of something will come out triggered by a certain word, and then it's something different, and you're, it's a real fleshed out person, and getting to the point that we're at in games now, where you get these cinematic performances, um, I I love being able to be part of that and not having to overthink it because you're just it's it's a cliche I guess but it's reacting not acting I'm not pretending I'm not trying to make you feel a certain way 
I'm feeling a certain way and you are watching it or hearing it. Are you an overthinker? Usually, yeah. Big time. Used to be. Trying not to be. Yeah. And what about anxiety? Massively. Oh, I've got all the fun shit. That like anxiety, depression, PTSD, CPTSD. It's it's uh, yes, all the all the things. And um, do they do they seep into the work? I'm curious. They used to when I was pretending to be something. Mm. When I was trying to make other people happy. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I still want I still want to make the people that I work with happy. I want to do the job well. Yeah. Um, but there's a certain anxiety I leave at the door now. Um and I don't know if it's age, just because I'm crumbly like rock now or or what, but is it are you more confident now when you're in no. the booth? <laughs> no, you're not in the booth, yes. In real in the life booth. God okay. no. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But when you step no. in the booth, you, you become. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's an ADHD thing, honestly, because um, this is a piece of the puzzle I only put together recently. When I'm in the booth, there's nothing else there. It's like right. me and a script. I'm being told what to say so I don't have to form a sentence. Mm -hmm. And there's somebody telling me what to do. And that's it. I hyper focus in my sessions. Yeah. Nothing else exists. So like. Even the, the day after my dad died, I went in and did recording for Baldur's Gate. Wow. Because that was an escape for me. Like the Millie with problems who was grieving got to wait outside and just give me a bit of a break. And that wasn't them pushing. That was me just going, please, if if this can be done now, like if you need it now, because we had something booked in, like I, I will happily do this now. I need this escape. Wow. Yeah. Do you remember that that session? Yeah. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was great. It was because it's a relief. It's like somebody injecting you with painkillers or something. Just Therapeutic. For a, a, yeah. a couple of hours. Yeah. Just just like leave that just for a second. Take a breather. Be the confident version of you that has power and gets to just narrate this stuff and then go back out and deal with everything you've got to deal with do you remember your do you remember your last session during the the narrator what would what was that like was it emotional was it <laughs> i can't answer that question okay okay um um it never ends is the answer to that because every so often they'll be like oh this this is missing a line or this needs doing or yeah oh, yeah like oh that didn't get inputted we need to like the, it's it larian, is a big game, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a massive yeah. game. And if anybody was following DOS two when that came out, like there were huge improvements that were made over the following year. Mm. So I suspect probably I'll be doing pickups for this for a little while at some point. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, but I'd be surprised if something didn't come down the pipeline. So I I always say hello and goodbye to my editor on the on the uh the tapes tapes god how old am i um but on the recordings i'll, I'll always start off like hey editor how you doing and say goodbye oh. at the end of it and the last few was just like so apparently this is the last one so bye <laughs> i guess but i think we both know this isn't true um have you have you started to play yet what are you 
No. Because I know I've you want watching... to stream it, right? I want to stream. I don't know whether I'm going to stream it or not. Do I have the balls What's stopping to do you? that? Probably. What's stopping you? Right now, it's still very fresh. Yeah. And I'm kind of loving watching other people play, honestly. And for me, streaming is quite an anxious experience. I've I've streamed a couple of times before, um, but that was before I'd had shit tons of therapy. So it might be a different experience now that I've relaxed a bit. I saw that um, your last time you were you streamed on your channel was like four years ago. Yeah, I know you're on other streams, but yeah, as on your channel. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, this is kind of what I'm like. I, I don't like being the center of attention. It makes me very uncomfortable. I've always referred to myself as a happy alto, like an acquire. Like I, I exist, and I get the most joy from helping highlight how awesome other people are. As That's opposed the same to going, as me, it's actually. It's the me show. Yeah, I'm, I'm very similar yeah. to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it makes sense given what you're doing right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> I, I wonder what where that comes from. Yeah. I don't know. But so, that's always given me joy. It, it makes me yeah. feel part of something. And it's a connection with another person, which I really value. I, I grew up in the middle of the countryside with nobody to play with. So maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Even at Christmas, I, I'd... I get more joy of giving the presents. I yeah. know it's, it sounds cliche, yeah. but no, every, no, no, everyone's no, probably you. like that. But yeah, yeah. and then receiving. Yeah. Um, that makes complete sense. So I'm I'm kind of like that with streaming. Like my my other half, Jay, is an amazing showman. Like it's like watching a Victorian ringmaster come into <laughs> modern day and just go. I'm doing a stream now. He's he's doing a million things at once. He's tech I don't savvy know how too. He does. He? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Why well, we had to be in our stream yesterday. Holy shit. That went wrong. <laughs> technical yeah, he was yeah. doing like live tech support. He does uh, a lot. That's all um, right. But he worked in IT. It's fine. He's good at that sort of thing. But I am not. And so just um, learning what keys to press to make things happen is enough of a head fuck to, to really mess with my ADHD anyway. So doing yeah. that while on stream and having to constantly split attention between game and chat and remembering the controls and like there's a lot of anxiety caught up in that for me. No, I so I understand. think maybe I need to ease into it gently. I really want to do it. It scares me, and I think that's why I want to do it. I, I have a you like the challenge nasty habit. I've got. I don't like. I don't like the part of myself that is scared. Or rather, mm. I want to make it okay for that part of myself. And yeah. apparently the way I do that is to hurl myself headlong towards things that scare me. <laughs> <laughs> so your partner, he's a, an actor as well. What's that mm -hmm. like, two actors under the same roof? Awesome and dreadful in equal measures, <laughs> I think. We're learning, we're learning a lot about how to make that work. Because you see mm. it all the time, right? People in Hollywood get together and then a year later they've broken up because... I don't know some nonsense. Yeah. Um, he has been the most incredible cheerleader through this process. Um, and I I think we've both got such different skill sets in a lot of areas that that we are each other's biggest fans. Like, mm. He's a parrot in a way I could never be. I I have like three voices, <laughs> and my entire career is that. Like, Come and on, I constantly more versatile feel... than that. Come off. Then. I've got a lot of emotional versatility 
And I think that's the difference. Like yeah. the majority, if you look at like Nyrissa, narrator, malady, like they're, they're me. With a but they're slight... so different, the characters. Mm-hmm. So you probably, you're right. It's an emotional thing. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas he can sound like so many different people. And I think both of us initially felt a bit like we were frauds for not being able to do the thing as easily that the other person could do. And we're slowly realizing through working together and living together that both of these things are insane and incredible and difficult. And, and we're both just constantly like, yeah, you did a thing. <laughs> it's um, it's a really cool, supportive uh, environment. And he's awesome. Great. You must be having fun with the cameo. Stuff. His name's Jay Britton. Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. Guys, yeah, make sure to go over there. I know you guys are, are you going to keep coming on his stream? Yeah, while he's for playing? sure. Yeah. yeah, we're thinking of maybe um, we had two characters. Actually, we've, we've got four characters, actually, that we've played in versions of role play before. Um, that made it sound like like a sexual thing. It wasn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we'd, we've got a couple of duos of characters that we played in, in either like tabletop or online role play. Um, and we yeah. were thinking of maybe streaming Baldur's Gate as one of those combos. So we're either going to be oh, that's cool. a dreadful, grumpy South African merc and a ridiculous pink fawn. <laughs> or um, very posh brother and sister who are just dreadful humans. Oh, so we'll that see. Brilliant. Um, who got who yeah. got who into D and D? Um, D and D. Neither of us really. Uh, my background was in other games, and I got I got into tabletop really really late. So I was in my thirties already by the time I played my first game. Really, um, I've played a whole bunch of different systems like Vampire the Masquerade. I've played a lot of uh, Song of Ice and Fire, the Game of Thrones game. Didn't play my first D and D until last year uh, over on Ophelia's channel, um, which is where on my Instagram you can see pictures of me bright red with tiefling horns because I cosplayed for it, and then it summer hit, and I instantly regretted <laughs> all my life choices because I had to paint myself red every single show. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it was ridiculous. I did yeah, see that, but I didn't know you did it all the time. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, and wow. what's even more dumb is because my sewing machine was broken, I didn't make gloves, so I would just paint my hands and then there would be little <laughs> red handprints all over my house. I'm an idiot. Um, oh, wow. That's so yeah, commitment guess... to the role. <laughs> but that's me. That's yeah. me. I I love that kind of thing. I love going all out. Like, I have, have no shame when it comes to cosplay and I don't need excuses to buy more wigs I just I love <laughs> that side of it. I love getting to play. Yeah. Um, yeah, I desperately want to do more tabletop because I've I've been a narrator now. I'm i I'm not a DM, I'm a player. Yeah. I want to play. What's your what's your favorite wig that you've got in the collection? Oh, I can't no, can't pick a favorite. They're all <laughs> my babies. I would turn the camera if I could. I've got a wig wall. Oh, do ya? Yeah, that's and there's so many more in boxes. Like that's oh my, my ADHD dreadful spending habit. Is it just all color? How much is a wig? A good wig? It depends. They're not good wigs. <laughs> is I mean, there such thing webcam. as a good wig and a yeah, bad wig? Right. Uh, definitely. Okay, but they're they're hundreds and hundreds of pounds. They're super oh, expensive. Okay. Yeah. Whereas these, I I get I like to get nice earl ones, but that's debatable. Just because i've got a lot of hair and i don't want it to be uncomfortable or 
too sweaty. Yeah. Um, but they're definitely not human hair wigs. Let's put it that way. Like I am flammable, highly, highly flammable <laughs> in every single one of them. Um, I'm sure there's a but, few colors yeah. on that wall. Am I wrong? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. most of the ones on the wall are actually are natural colors, apart from the absolute oh, acid okay. green one I wore, wore for um, <laughs> a sort of cyberpunky type show. That was really fun. But the, there are more plans coming, let's say. And I'm always on the lookout for new people to to play with because I, I love that about tabletop. You get to know people in a much deeper way than you normally would because you're meeting them in different guises and different lifetimes and encountering experiences that you would never have in real life normally so you get to know people on a much deeper level it's really cool what do you what would you tell people that are skeptical or haven't done it yet and how would you ease them into it would you say or do you think it's a specific- I'd be brutal yeah. <laughs> not, not, it's not for everyone you, I feel like you have no. to be quite creative as well you know I I find that the majority of people these days especially uh, find the idea of it kind of intriguing they find the role play aspect like actually getting into a character doing a voice or something they find that quite intimidating um so in groups like that I've always really enjoyed leading by example like it could they didn't need it in this particular group, but I'll use it as an example of how little shame I have. Um, <laughs> I was in a long running uh, Song of Ice and Fire campaign, um, yeah. which is uh, Game of Thrones, Game of universe, Thrones yeah. basically. Um, and there were a couple of us who wore wigs and did the whole cosplay thing. But by the end of the season, uh, the final season, like pretty much everybody was just like in their normal sippies. And I was like, no. No, I will go all out and I don't care that I'm the only one doing this now. This is how I enjoy playing. Um that's good. I I, I kind of love that though, like hmm. the no pressure aspect to some groups. Cause some people do it like a show show where it's all for for the audience. Some people do it more as a home game thing, and I kind of like a bit of both, really. Hmm. Um but I I like to show people that there's no shame in being the old one out because I always felt like that growing up. Hmm. Um, yeah, and grow- it's nice to just stand there being an idiot and being like, say, yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't say anything to me that I'm not already saying in my head. You can't hurt me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing it myself. You growing up, you were a gamer, right? You. You've been a gamer most of your life? Uh, it depends what you mean by gamer. And this is where I feel like a bit of a fraud. My dad got me into PC gaming or the early days of like, it wasn't even PC gaming, Commodore 64. We used to play like Treasure Island on that. Ah, oh, yeah. Classic. Um, so like real early days. Um, yeah. And then we had, God, what was it? Commodore Amiga. And we'd be playing like, battle chess and lemmings and stuff um but i, I love didn't lemmings. have a console yeah lemmings is great lemmings and is for a great. kid as well that's that's such a cool problem solving game yeah i love i love when games can be multifunctional like that where you don't realize you're learning trick, trick you into you. understanding logic <laughs> <laughs> um but i didn't have a console um at all uh, okay. um 
until god mid 30s maybe playstation then... 3 or what are we, what are yeah, we talking yeah i think so yeah uh is it a ps3 so i think it was a three i think it was the three um but yeah so i i miss out on all that you know people have uh mario and sonic and they've got a lot of nostalgia for that and i just didn't have that that didn't exist for me so my thumbs are like um two little I'm going to quote, I think it's Yahtzee Croshaw now, like two little atrophied pork scratchings <laughs> taped to my hands. Just uh, uh, pointless. Like my controller control is non-existent. I am a mouse and keyboard girl. Uh, even to this um, day. Yeah, I, I really? think that's something you have to learn in childhood, maybe. I don't know. Either that or I'm just not putting my back into it. But What are you playing the last three or four years have you been playing much because i know you're I've really been busy playing therapy the last few years yeah um i've almost hit the final boss <laughs> <laughs> i honestly i i haven't had a lot of time to play no that's what i'm years. saying yeah um and i'm finally I, I played a lot of like smaller games i've really enjoyed unpacking actually um i played it's that. a great game yeah, yeah. The, the environmental storytelling in that is just oh. so smart that is a great little game, isn't it? Yeah. It's things like that have kept me sort of feeling like I'm not entirely out of the loop. Um, but I've missed mm. out on a lot of big releases and I've missed out on a lot of very classic CRPGs, um, which makes me think I should probably stream them at some point. Um, so maybe I'll do that. Maybe we'll do like Dragon Age or The Witcher or something. Are they your bread and butter? Is that like a Assassin's Creed type? Is that what would yeah. be your your genre? You would do you have Ooh. a specific genre? I like anything with some really deep character development or puzzles, <laughs> or just um <laughs> dumb stuff I can play with friends. Like we had a lot of fun in Overcooked. Me and Jay. Oh, both, I love you know, Overcooked, um, but it causes a lot of fights over or, here because yeah, I become yeah, the that's leader. Great. That's, I go. I that's need a hamburger now. Out. I need yeah. you to get on this tomato, please. Hurry yeah. up. And I, you it's know. an excuse to abuse your friends. That's the point <laughs> of it. And and that was always very much mine and Jay's relationship. Like we we were best mates for ages before we were even together. And it was a very sibling-y relationship, which is not as weird as it sounds. Um, best friends. Yeah. yeah. I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah. But, but we had that very aggressive friendship, as are all my friendships, where we just constantly <laughs> rip the piss out of each other. Um, yeah. That's my way of showing love. Eastern European <laughs> heritage. Um, mm. Yeah, so that, like games like that. I, I love a puzzle game. Uh, anything that's just shooty-shooty, I find a little tricky. I loved Bioshock, though, because that had the deep story behind it. Yeah. The, the original The Last yeah. of Us. Yeah. Like, that, that blew my mind. That was the first one where I was like, oh, we're getting cinematic acting now. Oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah. Do you think it changed? You think the landscape sort of changed around that time? Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. Did you feel that in the industry on that year? Um, I wasn't in the industry at that point. Oh, okay. Like, I haven't actually been voicing for video games very long. Um, right. Got lucky, I guess. Like, um, Malady and Divinity Original Sin Two was the role that opened doors for me. Uh, it was the first one where I really got to show people some of what I can do or at least mm. uh somebody saw what I really was 
Josh, um, who you can hear me talking to in some of the outtakes, he's the one who cast me in that. And uh, like, he's always seen me, I think. We've been talking about maybe streaming together at some point. So he sees people and that's that's what a really good casting director or just director generally, that's part of what they are. That's the job, right? Because otherwise you're trying to find a voice that sounds vaguely right and cramming it into the shape you want it to be rather than like, I see that in you. Let's let's bring that out. Do you think that's a difference between a, a good and a bad director? Oh, there are so many differences to specifics at this point. It's very unwise, but you do get in sessions occasionally um, yeah. where people like give you line reads. That's that's always the the big sin in directing. Like you don't go say it like this, and then uh... make them parrot it back to you. And I've been in sessions before where somebody's parroted literally every single line, and I've come out just going. Oh my oh, god, am I no. shit? Am I really bad? Why do they hate me? That was awful though. That sounded really bad. Did that sound and then I've spoken to somebody else and they're just like, no, 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 that's just what they do. Um interesting. I think it's yeah, it's just uh maybe inexperience on their part, or just that's how they communicate with people. But yeah, I think that's kind of part of my job as well. When you when you get in a booth with somebody that you're unfamiliar with. Both of you are trying to find this way of communicating together that works for the two of you. And it's never the same twice. Uh, it's like having a different friendship. You know, the, you might be laughing and joking with one person, but like really straight down the line and business like and get out there with somebody else. And part of my job is to make that judgment about how somebody communicates, how they're feeling, how much time they've got and give them what they want. Well, the same. Well, I feel like you'd be a good director then. You'd think. And yet, <laughs> I don't know. I'm good. Have you ever at... thought about it? Or voice Not directing? Seriously. Or... No. Because I, I find it so hard to explain what I do. Uh, so I don't know if that would just be a really frustrating experience for somebody else. If I'm just like, I'll oh, just feel like this. And they're like, I don't do that. You're weird. Yeah. Please. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I get that. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll try it. Uh, I, I've honestly got more respect for the people who do that professionally than to think I could do it. It's kind of like being a dungeon master, right? I'm playing one. But that's not my skill set, and it definitely isn't what my ADHD wants me to do. So uh, I've had some really good GMs over the years, and I respect what they're able to do way too much than to even attempt that. Did that experience uh, help you with doing the narrator at all? Yeah. I'm curious, oh, like, yeah. how do you, appro yeah. do you approach it per the 16, as you said? Or is there a consistency across the whole thing that you're looking for as well? How does that work? I wanted it to feel authentic. I wanted it to feel like something that someone who has been a dungeon master could listen to and be like, she understands me, <laughs> which is part of what's kind of come out in, in the outtakes, honestly. I think um, that's come out more. In, yeah. um, but just letting people paint pictures because that's part of what it is we mm. we never wanted to because because that's the big thing players start feeling very um 
very disconnected and very abused when they're told what to do or how to feel. And we never wanted to do that unless it was out and out manipulation. Like there are moments in the game where control is taken away from you. And I felt like it was my job because I've, I've had some uh, GM'd experiences that were not so great. And that is, um, I didn't want a player to feel that way. So I felt like it was my job to be like, control is being taken away from you and we know it. This is deliberate. Just go with the feeling. Like experience what this is. It's deliberate. You'll get control back in a minute. But like right now you're out of control. Enjoy this sensation. The rest of the time we kind of, um, we always described it like I've got, I'm behind them with my head sort of on their shoulder, just like tilting their head and going, okay, over there. <laughs> but I'm their narrator. I'm not me telling them what to feel. I'm like, I've lived in your head all your life and I know how you think. And you're looking over there. I, it has to feel like I'm like they're rolling against me, but really I'm on their side. I'm I'm there to facilitate their story, whatever they choose their story to be. Well, I think this is one of the best narrations I've ever heard in my life. So uh, go, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass, genuinely. Um, seriously, it was really, really impressive. And um, we've got a few fan questions if if we can go through yeah, a couple yeah, of those. If, sure. Um, yeah. Favourite voice line was one of the big ones that uh, I know you, it's impossible to pick, but do you have any that stand out, let's say that? The authority lines, for sure. I it's funny you expecting... say that. This guy said, and why is it authority? How's Dan? <laughs> Yeah, how funny Amazing. is that? Amazing. Yeah. I really enjoyed that one. I wasn't expecting such a reaction to it, um, but the second people picked up on it, I was like, of course, of course. <laughs> um, I loved giving them that feeling of power because it's that smile of like, because we go through life just feeling so at the whims of fate and out of control, and it was so nice. It was almost like a cat curling up or like yeah just just nestling down and going you can feel comfortable right now you're in control like who doesn't want to feel like that <laughs> was that the plan was that did you work with the director on that or how did that come it about it just happened it just happened yeah yeah i mean there was there was direction leading up to it but it's that's kind of how josh and i particularly he he ran most of my sessions early access and that's where we started to find the voice of yeah. of the narrator um we run these sessions like i will read the line just how it comes out of my head and then he'll go oh but on this word you're feeling this or you're just twisting this or you're he quite often gives it physicality or something some kind of feeling or a strange word that doesn't make sense but we both know what it means um so yeah it's really hard to describe it sounds symbiotic that's yeah, the word very much so yeah. yeah yeah and it feels so good like both of us know when we've got the right take usually <laughs> Touch yeah point. usually yeah. just occasionally i'm like i didn't i wasn't feeling that can i go for another and i'll do it and he'd be like I hope that felt good. <laughs> yeah, we're going with the other one. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, like like all the directors were fantastic in in different ways, but they made me feel comfortable in different ways. I think, and Josh yeah. and I just have this creative madness together that kicks off very quickly. Um, whereas somebody like like Kirsty was was so considerate of how I was feeling, like any any tiny little cough because i was doing lots of very growly stuff especially towards the dark edge stuff oh, all i had to do was be like <clears> so <throat> good be like are you okay do you need a break <laughs> oh my god this is such consideration i feel so special <laughs> that's that's the kind of thing i think until you've been in a session that's run badly you don't realize the value of somebody who thinks about you like that because yeah. we don't ever want to be a pain in the ass we don't want to be homework for somebody or slow things down so a lot of actors i think until they're really experienced they push themselves too far and even then sometimes we push ourselves too far yeah um so to have somebody on on board who is experienced and knows actors and know knows the dumb shit we do <laughs> to just go are you okay hydrate please okay. that's invaluable was he ever an actor josh you know? yeah i don't I don't think so. I think you see the ADHD has re removed this from my brain. I've got a vague memory of him telling me that he performed in some way at some point, but that might be somebody else. I know he's very musically gifted. Oh, interesting. Um, and a lot of the time, uh, if somebody doesn't have an acting background and they go into the booth and they're good, it's usually because they get the rhythm of music. So maybe it's a music thing. You'd yeah. have to ask him, I'm afraid. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> That one was from, as we said, Tav Dan, your euphoric capital. Uh, one of the most requested questions out. So 187 says, what was the hardest line to record without laughing? <laughs> Anything to do with Shadow Hearts box, usually. <laughs> um, there were a lot, honestly. There, there were a lot. By the end, I felt a bit like the writers at Larian were testing me. <laughs> Like they had to have at least one line in there that's the let's see if we can break. They're trying to lines. break, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like let's talk about tugging on meat. No reason, and then see how she deals with that. It's, oh, you're um, up for the challenge, though. They didn't know. Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it was always fun to get to the end of a line and just pause and hold the laugh and see if Josh went first. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, yeah, anything with Shadow Heart. Yeah, yeah, because it was constantly talking about Shadow Heart's box, and by the uh, end, you're just like, we, we all. Uh, yeah, there were a lot of holes. There were a lot of yeah. It, double entendre ceased to have any meaning by the end, and <laughs> I just felt like I was going slowly insane, which may well be true, honestly. I had helped. I think. <laughs> Suddenly I mean, brought life to the outtakes. Oh, I can't wait for the next um the next video. Mm -hmm. Sudden scientist two nine three seven. Not a question per se. I just want to say thank you for taking the immersion to the next level. That's it. Oh, I love that immersion to the next level. It's so true. Thank you. It just gives it that little bit extra that you don't usually get in some of these I'm, games. I'm really glad that came across because that's that's what we wanted to do i think uh early access version was a little bit different and we had that slightly sitting back 
watching with a smirk. It was kind of uh, uh, a little bit Scar from The Lion King, kind of like, mm, oh, dear. Um, and we kept that for certain bits, but over the course of a long game, that would have been exhausting. Nobody can be domed that solidly for that long. That's you need a break, you know. Um, so we, yeah, we settled yeah. on these very different styles, and I, I like it a lot. Oh. It's the first project I've been able to listen to and feel genuinely proud of without having to do some self work. I was going to ask, how do you find watching back the scenes? I love it. Yeah. I love it because it's been going for so long. I forget so much of it. Yeah, yeah. Like geographically, I don't know where it all slots together because we weren't recording in order. Yeah, we just did whatever when it came through. So seeing yeah. it all come to life and being like, "Oh, that's what Gortash looks like," or "That's what so and so looks like," like, oh, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Polly fuckery. Is there a character you wish you had a bigger? <laughs> Yeah, that's the name. Is there a Amazing. character you wish you had a bigger part than they do? Also, please keep releasing outtakes. They make the world a better place. <laughs> I will keep releasing the outtakes. Okay. <laughs> mm. I don't know because it's still such early days in watching it through. So I haven't seen all of the performances uh, and I certainly don't want to spoiler anything for anybody um all i will say is that there is one scene where you get to go to a brothel and one of the choices in there is a lot of fun and very unexpected and i wish there were more of those <laughs> very unexpected that's a good word <laughs> uh mission bar 3258 is your narration ever unreliable amelia in real life or in this game? In this game. I mean, in this game, it is a version of the truth. Oh. <laughs> because sometimes it's like, that. that's what makes it so fascinating because sometimes yeah. there is literally tadpole manipulation and that's when we sunk back into that Scar from the Lion King kind of feel mm-hmm. where, yeah, it's an unreliable narrator yeah i'm trying to manipulate you and i'm not being subtle no (laughs) and you know it and you can't stop it isn't this an awful feeling (laughs) you should totally snog a mind flare this is safe like that's always fun to play with but the majority of the time i am their narrator Mm. so it is reliable but then how reliable are people I'd say 95% reliable. Yeah. Oh, you reckon less? It depends who you talk to. Everything's perspective, right? True, true. Hmm. Um, marketing own 347. Not a question. Just wanted to say you are amazing as a narrator. Thank you for helping to make this game great. It's the most fun I've had in a video game in the last decade. I'm going to have to hide under the desk in a minute. People are being <laughs> too nice. Um. I'm so glad that people are enjoying it because really I was bracing for people to be like, why is woman telling me what to do? Or why aren't you Matthew Mercer? Um, I love Matthew Mercer, by the way. Um, (laughs) Just getting that out there. I'm a critter through and through. Um, 
but yeah I was in no way prepared for any of this um and certainly not people being so kind and so lovely because it's the internet and you don't expect that really Talking. might help that I've got a picture of me stabbing a teddy bear as my Twitter I'm gonna, picture, I was gonna so ask maybe... what is the origin of that picture uh that was taken when I got to 666 followers on Twitter and I decided to take the picture to commemorate it. And apparently the way That's I chose hilarious. to do that was stab a teddy in a pentagram made of gravy granules. That is hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. How much would it cost to hire you to narrate my chickens for a day? For a whole day? <laughs> I don't know. Can you pay me in eggs? That could be useful, like a lifetime <laughs> supply of eggs. Uh, I reckon I could make that really financially unviable for that person. <laughs> if you well, you know, I know you've got cameos, so you can. Yeah. If you ever want anything, guys, head over to Amelia's cameo, and she'll whip something up for you. Right. Eh? I have been having so much fun recording oh. cameo videos for people because they just want me to roast their friends. Oh, that's brilliant! <laughs> it's crazy. I know. Like, you would you read spot. my friend to absolute filth, please? Yes, yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Pangloss Puffin. Were there any issues while narrating Baldur's Gate 3, such as burnout or mm. or voice issues, you know? Did you ever? A couple of times, yeah, voice issues. Um, and I can hear it a couple of times. Um, it's the only experience i've had of watching the game and being like oh i wish i could do that one again for the most part like 99.9 percent, .9%, i'm like i wouldn't change it i like that which i've never felt about something i've done in any way ever wow i'm, I'm a huge self-critic um maybe it's just a st statistics thing because this is such a big game yeah <laughs> so all the all the bits i don't like are so spread out it's fine um yeah so that there are a couple of lines where I can hear that I was a bit ill or, um, but it's only because I know my... It's funny. No one else would know. No, I definitely notice it. Um, the only other, yeah, the the only issues were really like physically, um, like mm -hmm. you hit winter time and the, the central heating goes on and everything gets a bit dry. So if, if you're not quite hydrated enough, that can be an issue. Um, but yeah, um, once we'd found the voice for the narrator and settled into it, or the, one of the voices, it was just kind of, for the most part, smooth sailing. This is a spoiler, Archbound. Guys, quick spoiler if you want to skip this part. How did you manage to say G-Cube Lube without laughing? I didn't. <laughs> didn't. Exactly. I didn't say it without <laughs> laughing. I laughed a lot. And then I said it and then I laughed some more. There are there are oh, so many man. things that just, just ruined me. So crazy. Just I I mean that's peak Larian, isn't it? Like what would we peak use this Larian. for? Well. Well, yeah, G Cube Lube <laughs> needs to be in their marketing for next year. That's a Christmas <laughs> treat that everyone can enjoy, right? What to get the DM who has everything. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, oh. I think they could sell that quite well. You're right. but... uh, yeah, probably. You're probably right. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, Thorvid20, in which scenes would you have liked to put narration over that didn't get it? Ooh. Yeah. One. I don't know. I'd I'd have to watch them. Honestly, I'd have to watch a yeah. lot more. 
but <laughs> I think what I like about the way they've settled uh, with the narration for the as it is now is I only narrate things when you need them narrating. I'm giving you insight into what somebody else is thinking or how you're feeling or um, stuff that can't be shown physically. And if that doesn't need to happen, if it's all already visible, I shut the hell up. And I like that because that's that's what a DM would be doing. They would be describing this thing. And unless you need any more information, you just go, you play. I I don't think I need to be in it any more than I am. That's so selfless of you. Eh. <laughs> eh. That's the thing, though. I never want to be, like, part of something more than I need to be. Like, it, it has to hit that sweet spot of necessary. You don't want to overextend. And, yeah. Yeah. Like... Uh, no, yes, I, 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 I like spending time in the booth and yeah, I like having a decent sized role, but I think mm. I'm okay in this game. I think I'm in it I enough. I think you do all right. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> and and I'm there for a purpose. I don't think it serves anybody for me to be like all up in my own ego about it. Like I'm there to be the voice of the DM and help people have an adventure. It's not about me. It's the Alto thing. It's you have fun. This is not for me. Ninox Craft, did you also voice Malady in DOS 2? Yeah. You sure did. Yes, I did. I love Malady so much. I, I would play her till the end of time. What did you love so much about that character? She was the first character I played that had my voice, like my natural just i remember getting the script through and going i know instantly how i want to read this and i really hope they let me it was it was the first character where i felt like i didn't need to try it just happened um she's powerful and confident and pretends that she doesn't give a shit about anything and she's she's that character that comes in to keep people's egos in check when they think that they're the main character of a story like oh are you trying to romance you maybe that's adorable your level too and i've been fucking gods so maybe <laughs> wait a bit maybe level up maybe maybe it's just not gonna happen i need to play I, this game i haven't played it yeah she doesn't come into it for quite a while Oh, okay. Um, but you can't. This is what Larry and keep doing with me. I'm I'm the voice of women that you cannot sleep with, but you can't progress the game without them. I don't. Is this uh, some sort of advanced form of catfishing? I don't know. Um, but she's she's really cool. If you try to kill her, she goes, "Don't," and then just vanishes. Is that like an yeah. Easter egg little little thing, or is that just? No, that's but, just no. It's just part just of it. when you first meet yeah. her, and you if you try to stab her, she'll just tell you to fuck off and go away. <laughs> like that's, but I I love that kind of character because she comes across as very strong and very otherworldly and very all powerful. There's something going on under the hood there, and yeah. some vulnerability there that she's hiding. Can't relate to that in any way, <laughs> um, but. <laughs> It, uh, it it's really nice bringing that to life um 
and again I wasn't like a main companion for that I was I was a side character but a pretty significant one uh and it was really cool to see everybody's reaction to that I've never been publicly recognized like that I guess that makes it sound different to how it actually is but it's nice no no I understand yeah like see people going I really wanted to romance her though and I'm like I know I wanted to play her more like we're both we're both sobbing over this character at at that stage it was very cool well that you, you know you've done a good job then don't you when they're wanting more yeah there's no better um, I also wanted to talk about Sea of Thieves, what your memories are on mm-hmm. that game. That's that that's come a long way, that game over the years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it it wasn't really that long ago. I think that was that was during lockdown for sure. I mean, the whole world might not be locked down by that point, but I still was. I I was working on so many projects during that period that I had to stay locked down for longer because otherwise I would mess up like 17 different production schedules if I got ill um so I've only just started to like go outside and go this is a restaurant I remember how to socialize um yeah yeah that was really fun I I recorded all that from my home studio again um yeah they you must have so a sick studio you must yeah. have one of yeah yeah. I yeah I mean it's it's always been a studio since I was nine something like that my mum had it as a studio before then but it was kind of cobbled together and then about six years ago I want to say uh I was just like okay this is my job now this is what I do and I want to make this good and it was just after mama died as well so there was a bit of an exorcism thing going on of like I'm gonna make this space my own so I can move forward with my career and not be sitting there trying to be creative while seeing ghosts you know uh, Did... Metaphorical ghost. She wasn't literally haunting me. Just my therapy sessions. <laughs> Do you prefer going in or in that going into a studio or using your own booth? Oh, that's a tough one. Like if teleportation existed, I would go to an outside studio every single time. Like I don't want to work from home. Yeah. I like the convenience of working for home and certainly for for something like Baldur's Gate 3, it was incredibly useful. Yeah. Um, save me a fortune on transport. Uh, but I would always rather be in a room with people and not have to deal with the tech side of things at all because engineers are amazing and I don't want to have to deal with that. I'm not a technician. Um, I just want to focus on my thing. I would much rather be in a room with other people. But that's not the world now. And a lot of my clients live all over the world. And it's really cool to be able to work with one of them at the drop of a hat without them having to find budget for transport and hotels, which would never happen. So you get to work on a lot of really cool indie games that would never have had the budget for that otherwise. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And Hades too. What can you tell us about that? Because that's Mm. very anticipated game. I know you can't say much. But you have announced that you're in it, yeah. And uh, that's about all we could say. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm in it. I play Hecate, uh, um, the goddess of witchcraft, and that's kind of all I can say. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you've seen the trailer. That's her. Uh, she's got a great hat and 
as people have pointed out, rippling abs. Um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting anybody to be thirsty for her. I should have known the Hades fan base oh. a little better than that. But then I was just like, I see a glimpse of abdomen. I am obsessed, which is really, <laughs> it's really cool. Um, all I will say is you are in for a treat. Yeah, I can imagine. If you like the first one, you are unprepared. I can't wait. Mm -hmm. And do you have a message for the fans that have tuned in today, Amelia? Is there anything you wanted to pass on to them? I can't think of them as fans. My brain just kind of goes, oh, oh, uh, players. Friends? I, players. Let's say players. They're not friends until they've like uh, helped me move furniture or something. That's strictly not true. Um, thank you for being so welcoming. Really? I was not expecting any of this and um the welcome that i've been given to this world and to tiktok and youtube and everything else like this feels like a rebirth um i'm getting to pick which parts of my old life and which parts of my new life get to be squished together into whatever i do next and it is really cool to know that there are a whole bunch of people who get me and who want to come along for the ride. So let's play. <laughs> Love it. And promise me you'll come back for Hades too, yeah? To the show. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. I'm I'm really excited for that game. And uh and look out for a stream, possibly. You might do a stream. I know you're streaming with your um Jay. So yeah. I'll leave the link in for that in the description. But mm -hmm. um yeah, you've got TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. I've got a Twitch YouTube, channel. I just haven't streamed Twitch. on it for a bit. Yeah, I've got all the things. You got all the things. I'll send you a bunch of links. It's fine. Beautiful. <laughs> hey, is there anything before we uh before I let you go, is there anything the narrator can say to Dan to wrap this up? You close the stream with a sense of satisfaction. Your tadpoles squirms. You're hungry. That's it. Go eat some How'd food. you know I was hungry? <laughs> Look, the white streak and the witchy thing is not just an act, you know? Yeah, I, no. I can, I can literally read your mind. I am your narrator <laughs> and you're hallucinating this entire interview. <laughs> People are going to give you really weird looks when this goes online and half the screen's just empty. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? Oh, that's brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Amelia. Thank you. This has been really fun.